0: And welcome to episode 296 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going this fine Monday, Richard?
1: Hey, Seth. I'm doing well. How's it going?
0: Uh, not doing too bad. We actually have a couple of really big topics to talk about today, but before we get into that, we have another co-host in Krim. What's up, Grim? Hey,
2: morning, Seth. Lots of news today, yet, well, there should have been more things happening today, but I guess only, (laughs) you know, a little bit of news came out of the BNR.
0: Yeah. So uh, today our two big topics. We got a BNR announcement, which we've been waiting for. So we're going to talk about that and uh, what Zendikar rising standard looks like post BNR. And then we also got some secret layer news. And I know we get secret layers all the time, but this is kind of bigger secret layer news than usual, along with a couple of spoiler cards from the secret layer, which we'll get to. And then of course, answer your fish mail as well at the end of the cast. But before we get into all that a reminder that today's show is brought to you by card conduit and if you ever tried to sell your magic cards by listing them it's so much work you got to sort them you got to type them into buy list. it's just a huge hassle well if you're lucky to avoid this hassle and all the time it takes to sell your cards card conduit this new service from the folks at card hoarder will sort grade and sell your cards for you and once your shipment is processed you'll receive the proceeds minus their fee and you can get 10 percent off right now by going over to cardconduit.com slash goldfish. So thank you so much to Card Conduit for supporting the podcast today. And let's talk magic. Let's start with the big B&R announcement. We've been waiting for a few days now. I think the middle of last week we got the announcement of the announcement. Richard, what changed?
1: All right. They did it. They went back and fixed their mistake. Uro is banned in standard. Period. That's it. Uro is (laughs) banned in standard. Effective immediately. Uh...
0: I will say... This is the first time that we've had a spoiler card band, I believe. So th- there is that. We did get to preview Uro, and it lasted <gasps> what nine months or something Wait, we before we previewed
1: got... Uro? We unleashed it, this abomination. We, we
0: unleashed. We, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. oh, for- sorry everyone. Apologies, uh, but, <laughs> but yeah. So, ah, oh, geez, Crib, what do you think? Like. We've been waiting. Standard, obviously, like, the brokenness of it for being right after rotation was pretty historic. We were seeing some of the tournament results this weekend from uh, the SCG series, and some of them were just, I mean, absolutely shocking. Like, uh, like 18 of the top 20 decks being the four-color Omnath Euro deck. Like, just uh, ridiculous. Essentially very close to a one-deck meta already. Uh, Krim... Is this banning going to fix it? Are we back to good standard now?
2: Probably not. Um, Uro and Omnath were some pretty big, you know, like, like issues in the standard. And, I I mean, like, cause it, it just kind of... It's just like before the four-color ramp deck had two cards, right? They had two cards that required, like, you know, no deck restriction whatsoever. Like, they just automatically gain life. They pad the your life total. They uh you know they bring a threat to the table they draw a card they they do multiple things in one right so uh like now they just only lose one of their tools Omnath is still pretty up there as a problematic card because I mean at least in this format it just feels like ramp is so disgusting that there really isn't any issues with like playing a four color card Omnath should be a lot harder to cast than it actually is so I I still feel like there's you know not re- like it, it may slightly help with that matchup and now i don't have to like main deck 50 ways to hate out the like you know graveyard but like omnath is still an issue
0: yeah i i'm not convinced this banning does much of anything honestly like if you look at the four color omnath deck and, and you take out the uro like take out the the Uros and replace that with cultivate or with beanstalk giant or with something else I'm not sure the deck is significantly worse. Like, is it worse? Yeah, it's worse to some extent, but uh, I don't actually think it's going to really be a huge deal. And I expect that deck is still going to be really, really strong. And then the other side is if you look at the beta game page, one of the decks that was actually trying to compete with the four color Omnath deck was Saltai Midrange or Saltai Control. That's a deck that is exclusively an Uro deck. Like without Uro, I think that deck just goes away. I don't think it exists anymore. So I think there's actually an argument that this <laughs> that this banning like doesn't hurt four color Omnath a significant amount, but it actually removes the other like fringier uh uh Uro decks that are trying to compete with the Omnath deck and maybe actually like makes the format less diverse in a really weird way if that makes any sense. Are you yeah. say
1: Uro is the hero we need to defeat <laughs> Like,
0: what? What this? You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of last year at this time, honestly, when, when we banned Field of the Dead. And then it was you know, Oko that took Oka over, Caesar. and then a month later, uh, after uh, Oktoberfest, we end up banning uh, all the Oko cards as well. This seems a little similar to me. Uh, I, I mean, I'm really trying hard to maintain hope. I guess if there's something I will say, I do feel like Rogues improves a bit. Like, one of the biggest issues for Rogues was milling over Uros, and that was, like, super devastating for Rogues, to the point where I think it made the deck, like, borderline unplayable. Just that one synergy... So maybe, like, rogues can move up in the meta? Can that actually, like... The thing is, like, what made the Omnath deck so good is not, like, part of it, I guess, is it can go long and grind out value with uh, Uros and Omnaths, but it just has these ridiculous turns where you just are, like, casting multiple Genesis ultimatums, let's say, on turn number four into, like, Ugans and just, like, essentially comboing off... I don't think getting rid of Uro changes that aspect of the deck at all. Like, maybe you lose a little bit of the late-game resilience, but it seems like the deck might even be better at comboing off on turn four, having a more consistent ramp spell like Cultivate or Beanstalk Giant over the Uro in the deck. So I think you're still going to be seeing these screenshots and these games of just like, oh, I played against the Lotus Cobra deck, and they ramped into Omneth, and then they went off on turn four, and that was the game.
2: Uh... <laughs> yeah, like even even on rogues, the thing here is you can't let like something like Omnath Resolve or an Ugin or a, a Genesis Ultimatum. So they're they're definitely not short any threats. Although, like yeah, I guess like you had mentioned, it like not milling or like not milling Uro will be a benefit. But I I just still think there's too many things in the standard that are insanely problematic that do too many things. Uh, like like mostly just like ramp. Like I I I know that it sounds bad when like you know I love playing blue and all that stuff and like naturally those decks the ramp decks beat on blue but like the the ramp to this level has is just absurd I don't even know what market this caters to I don't know who actually really enjoys this much ramp. <laughs> All it's right, kind so, of funny because
0: we have been saying that for a year, too. Right. Like just to, to make that clear, like, this is kind of the same issue we've been talking about. But, Richard, uh, go ahead. I, I'm sure
1: there are rap players somewhere who are having the time of their lives, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> when Crim had Teferi, like, big Teferi, he was like, this is great. Everyone's like, who enjoys control? Like, I want to. No, no, okay. no, no. I
2: mean, like, it's not even like topic. that. <laughs> it's It's like, it, like, example, like, yeah, I, I, I know people didn't like control. I, I get control. what you're saying.
1: I'm just, I'm just trolling.
2: <laughs> but, Okay.
1: Say you are head of the group that puts out ban-restricted announcements. What would you do? What would you have done uh, instead of just... Arrow? Sounds like you guys want additional cards. So what are the additional cards that would be on this list? Omnath, Lucky
2: Clover, Forest. So... Uh, <laughs> Forest. Forest Forest is banned. Things that produce green mana.
0: So, so I think... Uh, so from the perspective of a player... I was thinking the minimum was we we're going to get uro with another older card maybe like escaped from the wild uh, to the wilds or genesis ultimatum band. Uh so I was thinking that was like the minimum Uh, And then, as I was also hoping, some of the cards that Krim mentioned, maybe Embercleave, I wouldn't mind not being in the format, like Lucky Clover, I wouldn't mind more of a reset of the format, which we didn't really get at rotation. We kind of just, like, continued on with the ramp thing from before rotation. So I was hoping for something like that. On the other hand, this is another pretty clear sign to me that Wizards is just really not interested in banning new cards. So I think from their perspective... I think they view banning, like, Obnath or Lotus Cobra right now as, like, kind of a non-starter because that seems so obviously the right thing to do. So I I assume that just was not even an option Wizards was willing to consider at this point because this set just released on Friday. People are still trying to get their, you know, collections built on Arena. Uh, Wizards needs to sell Car Rising, like, and not even in a, conspiratorial way i i don't think i think that's just like they need to sell the set and what's going to be bad for selling the set would be banning several of the best cards from the set like two days after the set releases so uh, uh, um, i would Nath. like to see much more
2: omnath um, is on the collector's booster
0: <laughs> yeah it is kind of the face card of the I set mean, to some extent
1: sometimes you gotta amputate right to move forward <laughs> yeah I, I feel wizards is like we don't we we saw this Oko, okay, we saw this Earl, right? They're like, ah, it's fine. We'll just ban the support cards, and then it never works. And then when the next set comes out, the first emergency B and R, like three days later, Omnath gone, Lotus Cobra gone, like guarantee it, like write it down. I know how this will play out, right? Like they just, they, yeah, they they just like, a, you know what's bad for selling sets? No one plays your game, period. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like exactly. Who are we saving at this point? Like, are paper players really buying? you know, a four set of Omnath, like, pre-orders? Are they still doing this? Like, you never know when a card's going to get banned or your deck will get banned. Like, maybe they don't hit the Omnath. Maybe they hit the euro and Omnath is not a deck anymore. You still wasted your money, right? So, you know, like, these bannings have an effect. And, like, I, I won't even invest my digital currency into Standard, right? I'm not going to invest <laughs> my physical currency into Standard because I know... Standard is gonna be a mess for a while, right? So there, there's no point, right? Let us let someone else play test for Wizards with their money. Once it's all sorted out, and I'm relatively sure there's no more bannings, maybe I'll buy some cards, right? So I, I feel <laughs> this is just not good for anyone, right? Like you don't want yeah. this to keep happening. And I, I thought something was gonna happen at rotation. Remember they did the big banning before rotation and then rotation happened. I thought they would go more extreme this time maybe they would errata omnath or something or i don't know but they just can't keep doing this right like we have no faith in wizards producing a playable standard on set release anymore so like are you really gonna buy cards let alone like collector boosters like I- instead of a 30 dollars mythic do you want to pay for an 80 dollars mythic that may not be playable <laughs> right like well, yeah
0: I mean, I just, I did some research in a video and an article about Bannings over the weekend, going back to, like, what I would consider when this trend started, back with the Emerical Smugglers copter ban back in January 2017, the track record on Bannings has, uh, as far as I'm, like, fixing standard, has not been very good, like most of the time. Like, there's one 18-month period where I think Standard was pretty stable after the last energy banning through, like, Dominaria era and uh our Return of Return of Ravnica block. Like, for those 18-months, Standard, yeah, there was, like, Big Teferi and Nexuses, so there were still cards people were complaining about, but we got through that without bannings. Compared to other periods, the meta was fairly diverse. Outside of that, we've been really averaging, like, a banning every other month, and it's been very consistent outside of that one period. It feels like more of the same. Same. And the sad part is, this isn't going away. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would be absolutely shocked if, because Uro gets banned, the Omnath is now just, like, fair, and everyone's happy with standards. So my expectation is, what's going to happen? We have the Grand Finals coming up in a couple of weeks. We're going to have the Omnath deck Probably, I, I hope this doesn't happen, but I think it's probably going to dominate that format. Everyone's going to keep complaining. And then a month from now, we're going to have another like emergency banning. And this time it's going to be like Oco last year. We're going to have to get rid of Omneth and Locust Cobra. Uh, it, it's really like, I don't know what to do, honestly. Like it, it's so depressing. And it, I, I was hoping and thinking that Wizards was going to take uh, more I don't know, impactful action, I guess, this BNR and really like, I keep wanting to think that wizards learn something, I guess is what it comes down to every, this has been going on for four years now. And every time I think, okay, wizard, they figured it out. They got to be learning something from this. It's going to be different this time. And then it's never different. And we do the same thing again two months later. So, uh, I don't, what are you guys going to do? Are you going to play standard?
2: I mean, I like, it's first. Off, like yeah, I mean, like I, I, I'm still gonna try out standard. Maybe rogues now, like you know, can thoroughly dunk uh, the the four color deck. Maybe, <laughs> uh, uh, unlikely, but I, I'd like to believe. However, I do, I do think that by now they know they just aren't gonna do anything. Right, like they, they have to know that like what needs to go. But like you know, they, they aren't gonna ban it, and I. I don't know why not. Like I mean, like I I know I joke about it all the time about like banning twenty nineteen forward. But to be honest with you, can we just have rotation early this year? Like for for both so, for everything from, <laughs> yes, core, yeah,
0: from yeah. rotation yeah. again like the standard
2: year. card pool is
1: zero cards. Okay,
2: you just sit down put of the coin and wins. It's, it's, Like yeah, like it's it, can we just start from core twenty one right? Like if it's just core twenty one and I oh no, but then you still have the Omnath Menace, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, like, like, because Throne of Eldraine still has a lot of like, you know, broken stuff, right? And then, and, and I mean, like, okay, Theros Beyond Death, I think actually, outside of Uro, like, I, I think Theros Beyond Death is fine. Core Twenty One is fine, uh, and, and then like just the Zendikar Rising. I, I, I think Zendikar Rising is great if you just ignore Omnath, because I mean, we've had we've had like Lotus Cobra before, right? We even had Lotus Cobra with actual Fetch lands, right? So like, I, I, I I'm convinced
1: that we cannot use history anymore, right? Back then, like, exaggerating, but, like, 10 people played Magic, right? Today, like, millions play, right? Like, R&D has no chance, right? Like, within one second release, like, more games have been played than they've tested for, like, the whole of development, right? And I think, let's say you hit him with the Lotus Cobra, let's say you hit him with the Omnath, something else will be broken, right? Like, the next B tier card will shoot up to S tier, and, like to get this balanced in one shot without any data, without any testing, is like almost impossible, right? That's why every single game that relies on balance has a PTR now, right? Like imagine video game development, right? Back in nineteen ninety, you made your game, you released it, that was it, right? Then people are like, "Well, the game's not very balanced. We should do like a closed beta. Wait, maybe we need a maybe we need open beta." Right? Beta is not good enough. We need a beta every time we release a patch, right? So we have PTRs now, right? Like this is what you need to do to get your games balanced. Now, Magic is just like, not only are you uh, testing, you're testing like a year in advance with an internal team that can only play like, you know, tens of games, maybe hundreds of games. Like how many matchups can they play, right? Like they can't play that many games. And then now you're in a state where you're banning cards so you're banning cards, and now their testing is really like a week, right? They have a week to test the new format to figure out if it's good or not. So it's just not possible for them to test, right? So whatever they do is most likely wrong, right? Either they like overban, like they can just ban like half the mythics and rares in the format, then you're just like playing limited, right? Or they can ban nothing or just an euro and then something will still be broken. So I-, I think the only true way to get like proper balance is PTR. Right. Like have some kind of private test where they're like, what does the format look like without Uro? Turns out Omnath is still good. We'll remove Omnath. What does the format look like? Right. And they got to keep iterating like that. Uh, but we we can't do that because of tabletop paper magic. Right. So Wizards is kind of having their cake and eat it too, it and eating it too at the moment. And I think that's just not sustainable. You can't have this digital game that you want streamers to play 40 hours a week. At the same time, coupled with this game that people play, you know, twice a week, uh, at a m or something, uh, for a couple hours that requires physical cards printed a year in advance, right? So I don't know. I think magic is just inherently in between a rock and a hard place. Like they can't get out of it. This, this paper slash digital duality is uh, holding it back.
0: I think that's actually a really good point. And I, I do agree with that because. It would be super easy or at least easier if you could just nerf things. And even if you're willing to write off paper standard and be like, okay, like we just really don't care about paper standard. Standard is on arena. We're going to release sets and like nerf cards as necessary to make standard good. Then you still have modern and legacy and pioneer and like all those formats. And what do you do? Like what can you do? I, I think I agree with you. I don't know if there's. An easy pathway out of here when you're trying to do both things and have this like stable paper game and also have this streamable digital game. And uh, it's definitely a really hard place. And I should say, I do feel bad for wizards. Like I, in the, especially the people that work for wizards, like I really truly believe that most of those people or all of those people even really do want what's best for the game. And I'm sure they're not any happier with the state of standard, uh, than any of us are in the community is. But there have been a few instances where things are, like, kind of... I mean, even Uro. Like, when I first saw Uro, go back and read the spoiler article where I previewed Uro. And, like, to me, that was just, like, a jaw-dropping card as soon as I saw it. Like, I don't think I've ever written a spoiler article where I was like, this is probably going to be the best card in Standard. It's going to see you play in other format. Like, without any testing, just, like, reading that card, I was like, wow, this card is incredibly broken. So I do think, yeah, they probably go too far sometimes in those type of situations should be able to be avoided, even without testing. Like, I don't think anyone had to test Uro to know that card was busted. Like, they should have been able to figure something like that out. But it is a yeah. super hard and challenging place for Wizards to be in, and I don't I don't see an easy pathway out of it either, honestly.
1: Guarantee you, Omnath <laughs> was a commander card. <laughs> and they're like, no one's going to play this as standard. It's four colors. How are you going to cast this so they didn't test it? Just like I mean, Field of we- Dead, right? They're like, it's a commander card. How are you going to get to... Seven lands.
2: That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's
0: colorless. It enters play tapped. I think Golos was the same way. I mean, I thought that was a commander card when it was first spoiled. I think I said that in, like, the spoiler register. You go, like, yeah, was, you know, probably a sweet commander. Like, five colors. You get to play stuff for free. And then that was, like, a legitimate card in standard.
2: <sighs> uh, I don't I, Like, okay, so moving forward, I mean, do you think, like, do you think standard can survive another miserable format of ramp?
0: I, I'm very scared. I know magic players love to say magic's dying. That's the thing that magic players have said yearly or more for the past 25 years, in good times and in bad times, but <laughs> I do, like, <laughs> legi- well, I do have legitimate concerns about Standard, because this has been going on for a long time. I do see people in saying that they're not playing the format, and they're not buying Zendikar Rising, like you were kind of just saying that, Richard. Like, I'm not going to buy these cards, I'm going to wait and see what happens and then figure out if I do want to, like, spend my wild cards or whatever. So I do think, ah, I do think there is a risk to Standard, and by extension, Magic Arena, because Arena is so standard focus you can't just do the the trick like we used to do a few years ago and be like oh, okay like standard sucks now let's play modern modern's in a decent place right now or let's play pioneer like i guess historic is there and that is something but that's still not much compared to magic online or paper where you can play commander or legacy or you know weird fringe formats like penny dreadful or popper or whatever you don't really have that on Arena, so I don't know. I do have a, like, real fear about what standard is going to be like if this banning doesn't surprise us and actually improve the format. I don't know. Can Standard stand another year of going through bannings every few months and people being, like, consistently unhappy with the format? I honestly don't know if it can.
2: I I, honest, I, I kind of agree with you on that, just because, like, uh, if I were somebody trying to get into the game, you know, like, I, 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 I might buy into, a, like, a, a banned deck, Uh, like, like if they would have just done like the bannings on like the cards they should have done this now, that would have reduced the risk of me getting into the game, crafting these new cards and then having to deal with the BNR, I don't know, a month down the line. Right. Uh, cause at that point, let's say if I, I, I crafted the four color Omnath deck, even without Uro right now, I'd probably just, and and it got banned. I probably just wouldn't keep playing. Right. So I, I, I don't know, like moving forward, I, it, it is, it is rough, right? Like it's super rough. Like I, I, I know what they, like, we all know what they need to do, but the fact is they won't do it. So, I I guess we're just going to have to see how this plays out, right, in the the months following.
0: So, so question for you. You all know the people that work at Wizards as well as I do, I think. Uh, do you think they're on board with this? Like, how much do you think this is edicts coming down from the top? Because I have to imagine, knowing... Like Aaron and Mark Rosewater and Gavin, these are people that really know magic. They know magic better than we do. They've been doing this for a really long time. And I keep thinking, like, do you really think that they are like, are they the ones doing this? Are they the ones like, oh yeah, get rid of Erwin. Standard's going to be great. Or do you think it, this is all like coming down from the CEO of Wizards or maybe from like Hasbro to the CEO of Wizards and, and all those people are like, watching this train wreck in slow motion the community views them as the people in charge of it even though their hands are actually tied and they don't actually really have any other choice than to do what's, you know, being uh, decreed down from above them
2: you know, I I I, <laughs> I think that there, to to an extent there there could be some people like first off, reaching down and making it so that like, hey, you gotta leave that card in so, it, you know, because it's in the new set. I do, I, I do think that's potentially... Because, like, I mean, it's apparent, right? Like, they aren't going to ban anything out of the new set. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a little column A, a little
1: column B. I, I think, like, at some level, like, even the, the hand that's reaching down is trying to do something that they perceive is good. Like, I believe on some level, they're looking at the numbers, right? And they're like, look, every time we print an Omnath, the sales of Zendikar Rising increase by, like, 15%. Right. And yes, we get complaints from all these enfranchised magic players and maybe tournament players dislike it, but the numbers on arena are up or something like that. Right. So I think there, there is something that is not like hundred percent clear cut. Right. Obviously, if they print Omnath and sales are down across the board, everyone's complaining. They'll just change it. But I think it's not that clear cut. I think like Arena's probably stronger than it's ever been. Uh, and they keep having these bannings. So they're like, Eh, it's fine right you print cards people buy them you ban them they buy other cards money keeps going up like so i think it's actually like some weird scenario like that where uh as a franchise players we're like wait wait wait, look at the long term right like if you keep doing this the players won't stay around but maybe short term it looks fine to them or it's not as clear-cut because like they want to make money. They want players to play, right? So why are they doing all these weird choices, right? There must be other things that we're not aware of. Like maybe standard has the most players it's ever had in the history of magic right now. So why, why change anything, right? Like field of the dead, Oko and Uro are all good for standard, right? Like maybe not for tournament players, but for the other players it is. So I, I think it's not as clear cut as we, we think it is because otherwise like it makes zero sense, right? Like Hasbro stock would be plummeting. No one be playing magic. You know, they wouldn't sell anything like, you know, so I, I think there's more to it than we know.
2: Yeah, there's definitely a lot more to it. But I mean, uh, never know, I guess entirely. I, I would have really liked to have seen something come out of this BNR that like explains also like the process. Like because you know, they they did acknowledge that four color <laughs> Omnath is a problem. But I, I would love to know what like. Why? Like, why does this card exist? Why does this archetype do this much? You know what I mean? We
1: like, we know why it exists. We know why exists. someone is like you cannot ban anything from the new set. Fixed standard,
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like that's, that's basically their requirements, most likely, right? But, but, like, I mean, the but, like, the thought behind the cards themselves
0: Be- behind like, it. Well, I mean. I think it kind of goes to what Richard said, and without becoming, like, full-on conspiracy theory, where people are like, oh, Wizards, like, Prince these cards. They know they have to ban, and then they just, like, make a bunch of money, and then ban them and do it again. Like, I still haven't gotten myself to the point where where I could believe that they're intentionally doing that. Maybe I'm just being naive and, like, overly optimistic, but, I mean, it seems like adding more lines of text to cards, like, adding the ETB draw card to Omnath, like, that probably helps them sell more sets. They want cards from the new set to be in demand for players to have to spend their wild cards on them and build a deck for the new set. I think another interesting aspect of this, which is underexplored at this point is how much of it's just like the change from multiple, uh, multiple set blocks to one set blocks. I really, I'm kind of wondering if wizards feels like they need to push each like, set so much because they don't have the way to fill it. Do you remember, like, a few years ago where we'd get something like, um,
2: Dragon's like, Maze?
0: Uh, Dragon's Maze. B- <laughs> or even, I was, I was gonna say, like, Return to Ravnica block, but you get, like, Return to Ravnica and it has part of, The guilds in it, and you have some of this stuff, but then you're, like, looking forward, you're like, oh, well, we're gonna get the third set of this block, and maybe my, like, Orzov deck doesn't have this now, but, like, whatever, Tisa should be coming, so it's gonna improve, like, I feel like that whole aspect is missing, and Wizards has to be like, oh, we want Landfall Ramp to be a thing, so we're gonna, like, just, you know, amp it to 11 in this one set, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, like, it's way too amped, and this is broken, and then that repeats itself with, like, Adventures, and then repeats itself with companions or whatever mechanic from the new set, so I feel I wonder how much the the block structure plays into it.
2: I think it has to, to like an extent, right? I mean, like before, like at the same time too. Like think about how many sets they've had where just things go unplayed, yeah. right? Like like the, like think about it. Tezzeret from like what was Ether Revolt, uh, uh, actually unplayed. One of the main villains unplayed. Um, there, there's tons of sets where it just some big face stuff just doesn't get any light of day at all. So I think they're trying to go around that and make sure that things get played. But in doing that, oh, boy. <laughs> so
1: yeah. So I, I'm a huge League of Legends fan, even though I've never played Legends of Uterra. Uh, and they, they release a lot of new champions every year, and they also release, like, um, <clears throat> their philosophy behind them. And basically, when you release a new character, there's a learning curve right? The more that you play with uh, that character, the stronger they get, right? And the, the way they measure it is win rate. And basically, if they release a balanced character, right, when it reaches uh, proficiency, the win rate is about like 50%. But that means to start, it must be 40%, right? Because when players learn how to use a character, they go from 40 to 50%. But if they release a new character at 40%, no one plays them. Right, because it's like an underpowered character, there's a socks, there's no hype. So what they typically do is they release the character at like 52%. So even if you're like total garbage, uh, your character is really strong. And what that means is when you get good at the character, your character is like insanely overpowered at 60% now, right? And they do this to sell the character and then they tune it back, right? As the players get better with the character, they reduce the numbers on the character so that it actually is a balanced character. And Wizards is kind of doing this, right? Wizards has to release an over-the-top splashy card so that it is powerful and people will play with it immediately. If they if they don't, people are like, wow, this card is garbage and I'm not gonna play with it. And it just doesn't sell, right? So, you know, but there's also the thing of like, well, people haven't brewed with the decks, they haven't figured out the right synergies. So they, they release like cards that are just like, no brewing needed, right? Like Uro, good card, no matter what you do. <laughs> Right. And then over time, people figure out, you know, the other pieces in their decks to uh, increase the synergy and power of Uro. And then you end up with the abomination that's Uro. So I, this is like classic design, right? Like everyone does this. This is how all MMOs work. Uh, Anytime you add a new character or anything, you have to overhype it to sell it. But then you tune it back because it's digital. In this case, we're paper and this just lasts forever till we ban it. So I I don't know like I think this is just inherent right like everyone else has figured this out Wizards has figured this out and it's it's kind of working maybe but they they can't fix it like other games do it digitally so I don't know
0: Yeah it sounds know. like it sounds like the the being able to fix it or nerf it is a necessary part of that. Could you imagine, like, I don't really play League, but could you imagine if they didn't, like, pull back on those characters after a while? What would the game look like after a couple of years <laughs> if you didn't have the ability to, like, you know, uh, underpower some of those overpowered characters after a while?
1: Yeah, yeah. do uh, There's got to be some better way to sell packs than to just print, like, absurdly broken cards that have, like, lasting effects on all formats. <laughs> like, how... Because then you end up with Dragon's Maze, right? Like that's that's the that's like the actual worst case scenario for Wizards. They'd rather <laughs> drag selling games, packs. Excellent. Yeah, they would rather sell packs and have people complain than sell no packs and have no one complain, <laughs> right? Like that that that's like the ultimate failure, right? So
0: Yeah. Uh, I wish I could see an easy solution to the issue, but uh Wizards definitely or Hasbro, I like, probably even more so, definitely wants you know, the profits each quarter. And I think that's become more of a focus, too, which is kind of, like, dovetailed with everything we're talking about, is a few years ago, it didn't seem like Hasbro really cared about Wizards. Like, they'd never talk about them. Wizards was just kind of, like, in its own little world. They did fine, like, in Hasbro, let them be. But it seems like Hasbro, sense Arena has become a thing, has taken a much more active interest in wizards and you hear wizards uh in magic in specific mentioned a lot by hasbro now and earnings calls and stuff that's one of their most popular franchises to talk about so i feel like maybe we are getting a lot more pressure coming down from hasbro as well it just wasn't there a few years ago anyway <sighs> we got we got another topic <laughs> You guys got more got more BNR stuff, or should we move on? We have another topic, which I would we say more is, complaining
2: to do. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, nothing without like that hasn't already been said, right? I mean, I feel like it's just
0: uh, sad. Yeah. I'm sad. I'm yeah. just sad about standard yeah. right now. Is is my over? If I could sum it up in one word, I'm just sad about the state of standard.
2: Same, because <laughs> like standard is my favorite competitive format, uh, and it just kind of bums me out to see it go through such a rough patch. And I mean, like this is a real rough patch. <laughs>
0: Rough and huh. long. It's been, yeah. it's been happening it's, for a while now. And we've got to wait
2: already until, like, because, like, now it just, all this makes me want is the next set to come out. Not because of the new set of cards, but because then now we can finally ban Omnath <laughs> and all this other
0: stuff. All right, one, one more question. Uh, So we have the, the grand finals in two weeks, I believe. So we're going to see that. We're going to have metagame percentages and all that come out of it, Twitch numbers. A month from now, do you think we'll have more standard cards banned within a month from where we are now? Yes. Yes. I'm going to say yes do. I I think or around a month at least. Like, give or take that time frame, I totally expect once we see the Grand Finals uh, metagame, I expect that we're going to be seeing another emergency BNR announcement in the near future.
2: Well, at least Commander Legends is uh, almost on its way
0: out, so hey! Are you ready for
2: emergency bannings in Commander? (laughs) (laughs) No! No!
0: All right, so we have another big piece of news from today, which I know we've been kind of like negative today, and I don't want to just all have negative topics, but this is another one that personally I'm pretty negative about. We got a new secret layer announcement. And you're probably thinking, "Well, what's the big deal? We get secret layers all the time. Like they've mostly been an okay thing for Magic." Well, the difference about this secret layer drop, uh, the Walking Lead secret, uh, Walking Dead secret layer drop, <laughs> is a uh, it's got mechanically unique cards. So these are tournament legal black border cards that the only place they are available is buying this Walking Dead secret lairdrop, and then you play them in Legacy and Vintage, Commander, they're not standard legal thankfully, or modern legal, but still these are real true magic cards not, you know, Walking Dead flavored reprints, not Godzilla style reprints where it's got two names with a real magic card and then like the IP of the crossover character these are just real magic cards that you could only get through a secret lairdrop what do you guys think about this? This is something we haven't seen before with Secret Layers, and I wanna I wanna hear your opinions on it.
1: Okay, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. you you missed like some very important parts here, which is it's Walking Dead themed. Uh so Walking uh, Lead. Walking lead. Walking, walking lead. walking Lead. So <laughs> walking so lead. from the hit TV <laughs> show we have two cards. I'll, I'll read them out so you guys know what we're talking about, right? So these are like new cars, they're not reprints or reskinned like Seth said. Uh, we have Nagan the cold-blooded, 2 red, white, black, legendary creature, human, rogue, 4, 3, when Nagan enters the battlefield, you and target opponent each secretly choose a creature that player controls, then those choices are revealed, and that player sacrifices those creatures, whenever an opponent sacrifices a creature, you create a treasure token, second card is Michonne, ruthless, survivor, 3, black, green, 3-3 uh, legendary creature human warrior when michonne enters the battlefield create two walker tokens as long as michonne is equipped she may block uh, she must be blocked if able whenever michonne and at least two zombies attack she gains indestructible until end of turn
2: okay so i'm just gonna say that from a flavor standpoint of the tv show I think these are these are sweet, <laughs> like they, they can't like Michonne having to be equipped makes sense because she's known for having her sword in the show in the comics and whatnot. Like if we're like talking to me as a Walking Dead fan, I think these cards are uh, home run on flavor. Love how like I love how they function. Uh, however, the other side of this is the fact that example the they are only available through <laughs> Secret Layer. Uh, and the whole idea behind that is a little concerning to me. Uh, and I, I love secret layers and I, I, I love promos, but this is not a promo. This is a brand new card. And uh, like the issue with that is I think of like Nexus of Fate. I mean, luckily, or maybe not luckily, but I, I guess because these aren't, you know, like there aren't many paper tournaments right now. Sure. But like at some point, Nexus of Fate was like what, like a silly amount of dollars because it was only available through a buy a box topper, Right or buy a box promo. So, I do have some concerns with that. The cards themselves, I don't think they're like busted or anything like that and like they like it, it, like and I told you already like I think flavor-wise it's amazing, right? But I mean, I am concerned about the principle behind all of it.
0: Who? Yeah. I uh I am very concerned about the the principle behind it. Like so if these were like the Godzilla cards, their reprints and then you want to put like the the Walking Dead characters names on them and use that art Okay, that's fine, go with it. If you want to make them silver-bordered like the My Little Pony crossover, sure, go for it. I think, though, that new cards and secret layer drops of any kind... Like, it's not about Walking Dead. It's not even a little bit about Walking Dead. If they just did a, a random, I don't know, zombie-themed secret lairdrop and printed unique cards in them, I would have a really big issue with it, and I feel like this is maybe a bigger issue long term than even the B&R announcement today. Like, this just has so many ways that it can go poorly. We've seen Wizards track record with these hard-to-get cards not be that great. Like, Kenrith, was one of the top cards in standard. That was a buy a box promo. You can only get as a buy a box. Nexus of Fate was another one. So we've seen the wizard's track record not be that good. Some countries can't even order secret layers. So I don't know what do you like if one of these cards is playable? Like are you just at a huge disadvantage if you live in a country that can't order secret layers? Apparently, I guess like, oh boy, this is this is really bad i think and i expect that it'll keep happening like now that they've broken through this this barrier i would expect that it's just like full speed ahead and i don't know what do you think richard so i
1: actually disagree with you guys i'm surprisingly okay with this um for this reason okay so I have never wanted to buy any secret layer because I don't care about the promo aspect of it, right? Like I don't like, you know, aside from like very select view, it's like, oh, I can just get the cheaper version. But because this card is only available in secret layer, if I wanted something that must be blocked when attacked and makes zombies, I have to buy this card. So in that sense, wizards gets money from me. And the reason I'm okay with it being a secret layer is because it doesn't matter that it's a secret layer, right? like the reason we're concerned that a secret layer is the the price may be too high right uh it could if this was like a standard card it may be five dollars in secret layer it may be 30 or 50. but that is no different from the rest of magic because magic is so expensive if i want Teferi's protection does it matter that it came in like commander 2016 or something or the latest secret layer it's still a 50 dollar card right so like where it came from does it matter It's just what the price of it is, right? And we already have expensive cards in Magic, so it's it's fine, question mark? And if it's like too expensive, like if it gets like say $200, Wizards will just print more in some other product. So I feel like it doesn't effectively matter because cards are so expensive anyway. Like, does it matter if it came from Secret Lair, if it came from, you know, reserve, it's on the reserve list, it's in Legends, you know, some old set that hasn't been reprinted, Portal Three Kingdoms, or
2: the latest Secret Lair drop, like, effectively the same to me yeah. maybe i mean that that actually <laughs> yeah, that, i mean i i see i see where you're coming from with that so i mean like it's also understandable uh i mean but like at, at the same time I, I, I mean you you're right though you 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 are right that this could have just been i don't know like from from the vault I don't know new cards or something like that right like not it, future in the vault uh like cards whatever <laughs> like like whatever they want to call site it Future in the vault yeah future site in vault <laughs> I don't name the sets okay so uh and, and, and like at that point sure if we wanted something like that we would need we'd need to buy it but I I do wonder at what like you know like what else is going to come through like products like this right and and I I'm okay with this one because once again, like the cards aren't you know like insanely broken or anything like that, and I I don't even think we're gonna necessarily need this unless you're a fan of the show, Uh, or or specifically want something like that functions in the way that they do. But like I do worry about what else could be in the pipeline. Like what happens if you know like there is something and like it's playable and standard. I guess that that's when it would start mattering. For right it's now, I'm literally, okay with Nexus my feet. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, like I, I'm okay with it now, but I, I I am worried about what could come down the line. So, I, uh,
0: yeah. So, okay. So my concerns, and I do see what you're saying, Richard. I I guess my concerns would be twofold. One is I'm not a hundred percent sure, like the legality of reprinting these, since Wizards, like, do you think they can reprint them? Let's say Negan or whatever becomes a really popular commander card and it's worth a bunch of money do you think wizards owns the ip in a way they'd be like oh we'll put this in the next core set and we'll put this in the next commander deck or like do you think this is a one-shot thing that they have set up with with whoever owns walking dead amc or whatever it is i know
2: that's a good question they probably
1: can as long as they keep Giving the royalties. Okay. Uh, wait, wait. 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 Okay. Wait. Wait. There's a quote. In the future, we can imagine reprinting the same cards with new art or mechanically similar versions of these cards with different names and creative treatments. We don't have plans to do that at that time. At this time, but it could change. So they're open to like reprinting this somewhere somehow, right? Like if these cards are insanely popular. So I believe they have like had the foresight to figure that part out of it.
0: Okay. So okay. That that makes sense. Concern number two, we've just spent most of the podcast talking about Wizards pushing cards to insane heights, to sell products, maybe possibly even kind of knowing that they might have to ban them eventually, because it seems like it's all about short-term profits. What is to stop Wizards from using something like this to print something absurdly broken that's going to dominate Vintage or Legacy, or a Soul Ring that you need for every Commander deck, uh to make a ton of money and make everyone buy it because you can't get it any other way and you need it to be able to compete in one of those formats
1: they already do that to sell like their their products
0: right <laughs>
1: like uro or but On-Math. the difference is like I can they already go, do this right
0: <laughs> but 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 i can go buy a box of theros beyond death and try to crack an uro if i want to this is for sale for a week, a day, something like that, like some very short period of time. So if you figure out a week after this goes on sale that you need it, you can't go to your local game store and pick up a commander deck and get it or pick up a booster box of Theros Beyond Death and try to open an Uro. Like, it's gone forever until they eventually change their mind and decide to reprint it.
1: I see, I see your point, right? Like, I understand that argument, but I actually think, to me, it's the opposite because there is an aspect of this card that's desirable beyond the mechanics you don't have to make the power level absurd right because as a walking dead fan or there are walking dead fans people will buy up these cards you don't need to push power and toughness and abilities to sell the card so i think by doing this it allows them to print weaker cards but still sell them as opposed to the opposite which is like you know, insanely powerful cards because like there's nothing else to sell the set, so we we gotta do it. So I, I actually think it's the opposite, although I do see your point, right? They they could just go crazy and, and do that. I feel maybe Walking Dead is enough to sell the packs that we don't need to break every format to sell the packs.
0: And I guess so far from the two cards we've seen, I think they are both commander playable and i think they're pretty good in commander but i don't think either one is like a legacy playable card so that's whatever fears i have have not been realized at this point so that's more of like a hypothetical for the future oh, I but guess.
1: there will be you know there will be a legacy play like an accidental <laughs> legacy playable card like a true name nemesis or something sitting around you know that's gonna happen <laughs> sooner or later on purpose or not right
0: so one uh, another question about these would you feel any differently if instead of something that people kind of like like walking dead it was I don't know something uh, I don't know Rick and Morty My Little Pony
2: like Rick and Morty (laughs) I I would love to see Rick and Morty
0: what about My Little Pony well like what we if the My, My Little, Little pony, pony crossover was Black Border? Like, do you want to sit down to a legacy game and have, I don't even know the names of My Little Pony characters, but have your opponent play their Stardust or whatever? I don't know pony names, but you know what I'm saying? Like, does that make, does that make the game better or worse for you?
2: For for me, if I were to see that, I, 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 I'd, I'd be okay with it. It doesn't bother me. It, it doesn't take away from it. It's just like seeing the Godzilla IP stuff. Like, sure, there's airplanes and, and whatnot attacking this gem razor, but that doesn't bother me at all. Okay. Uh, because, like, for me, it's like, okay, the, the World of Magic has multiple planes. It's a lot like, well, you know, <laughs> which is why Rick and Morty would be perfect, uh, because jumping from plane to plane, timeline to timeline, there, there, sure, there is a timeline where there's planes and whatnot, and Jace has, I don't know, a Ferrari as he's like, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, sure, right, whatever, at that point.
1: I, I could see that. What if we phrased it another way? What if to get your Monty Python set, you needed to take a My Little Pony set? Huh? Is that a trade-off you're willing to do? Like, you know, they can't appease everyone, but, you know, is it worth it to have something that you don't necessarily agree with to get a set you would really, really love or like a crossover you'd really, really love?
0: Personally, uh. Personally, I would rather not have crossovers in Black Border. That's probably me just being a boomer and not like keeping <laughs> up with the times or whatever. But personally, I would not get. Secret layers of stuff that I liked. If it meant that we wouldn't have to deal with secret layers of IP crossovers at all. So So for me, this one is egregious.
1: The walking dead one.
0: I I don't think it's egregious. Like, I don't know. Like, as I said, like, my biggest concern is the mechanically unique aspect of it. If they did it like the Godzilla crossover, it's like, I didn't care about the Godzilla crossovers. I guess I kind of feel similarly about walking dead. I was just like never really into walking dead. So, but my main concern is that they're mechanically unique. Rather than the fact that they exist, like that's my only real concern. If it was the same exact card, but it was you know uh, an actual Magic card, and it was a reprint with two names, whatever, that's fine. It's not for me, and that's perfectly fine. Not every product uh, has to be for me, and Walking Dead isn't. And maybe there will be one that I you know enjoy at some point. So
1: yeah, oh, no, we didn't like did mention this thing, they, have it, it, they have a Frogger set. <laughs> Seth
0: is sold. Yes, uh, Seth Secret Lair is fifty dollars. At the mouth. <laughs> 50
1: US dollars. Uh, number <laughs> of cards unknown at this point. So, I mean, like, what if they just made it $10? They, they wouldn't, of course. Like, I don't, would we be complaining? Like, we, ultimately, this comes down to price, I think. Right? If this thing ends up, like, desirability, cross-playability gives you, and then supply or whatever gives you price. If this is just a normal $5 card, I don't think anyone would care. We, we will care when it's a $200 card. But I feel if it reaches, like, $200, wizards will somehow... You know, cash in on the loot pinata here and like (laughs) released it again somehow to get more money from us. So it's fine, right?
0: So I I feel it should work out in the end. What about LGSs? Like Secret Layers already kind of hit on them a little bit and they were already a little bit like these aren't good for us with the reprints. What do you think about Wizards now? Making brand new cards and selling them and cutting it out. LGS.
1: So these are. I'm assuming this is not Secret Layer. Oh, sorry. This is not LGS exclusive, right? This is the online. No, this is
0: Secret Layer through the website.
1: Yeah. I I don't know. (laughs) LGS owners have to chime in how much they hate this. I mean, Wizards (laughs) has kind of been skirting this line where they release these and then they'll release a a Secret Layer and make it LGS exclusive and see like, ha, see, we're looking out for you guys, and then (laughs) that's their answer to it. I don't know how well it works or how good it is. Uh, But it's really up to the LGS. Like, does the loss in revenue get bumped by, like, other exclusives, like From the Vaults and Secret Layers?
0: Yeah, I know. I guess that's true. It could be made up for in other ways, potentially. So, are you going to buy these? Like, I kind of, like, so my general track record has not been buying Secret Layers. But in all honesty, from just a purely financial perspective... The fact that these are exclusive cards, and they seem commander playable to me, the ones we've seen so far, it makes me think, like, from a financial perspective, the correct thing to do is just, like, snap max buy as many as you're allowed to get, get all ten of them or whatever, stick them in your closet for a couple of years, and probably make a bunch of profit.
1: But what if magic is dead in a couple of years?
2: (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, maybe in the, like, the very beginning, these are, like, worth a decent amount, but I, I can't imagine them like, if it ever gets to a point where it's, like, ridiculous, I guess, hold on, I shouldn't say that, because who knows, right? I mean, there's still tons of cards that still need to be reprinted, <laughs> but, like, I, I feel like right now, I guess it's a, it, it's something that you, you, you could buy if you were looking into it, like, from the financial perspective of it, but, like, uh, uh I, I think they would just reprint this, though, if it ever got ridiculous. Like, this is something they can definitely reprint, right? I, I have no FOMO
1: with these things. Like, I, I know the whole point of these secret layers is the fear of missing out. But I'm like, there's one, like, every, like, literally two weeks, plus, like, the 8 million master set. Like, I'm sure I can get a new promo of some card I want, like, anytime. I want. Like, I, I'm not at the point where I maxed out of promos, right? Where I'm like, I need one more promo to finish my deck. I'm like... Look, I need like a hundred promos. Okay. And, uh, we're getting a promo like every two weeks. So I'm sure I can just wait for the next one. So unless it's something I really, really, really want. Um, yeah, like I, I don't know. I don't think hoarding them is the call unless you, you just really want to invest in secret layer, but Wizards just keeps making all these products. Right. So it, I don't think you can keep this up. I don't think if you, if you were hoarding every single, uh, time limited slash. Uh, limited availability product, like you'd have to live in like a 5,000 square foot house in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like you don't have this capacity <laughs> to hold all of this stuff, right? So yeah, I don't uh, love about hoarding.
0: <laughs> all right. One more, one more possibly sacrilegious question. And then we got to get to fish mail. Uh, so Krim, I know you're a, a walking dead fan. I, I'm familiar with the series. In all honesty, I thought walking dead was a thing that was big, like, five or ten years ago? Is Walking Dead still, like, popular and cool today? Or is this a thing that, like, was cool a while ago and is not really a thing anymore?
2: I, I would say, I mean, like, like for me, I don't necessarily always follow what's popular and cool, so I will say that I, I enjoyed it, and it definitely had its time. Uh, I don't think it's anywhere near what it once was. And, uh, like... I mean, I, I don't even watch it to this day anymore. I mean, like, I stopped reading it after, like, I think, like, what, issue 150 of the, the comics. So, I mean, I've kind of fallen out with the with the whole franchise because I just didn't like where the story went. However... I do think that there are still some characters that I, I hope to see, regardless. I know that th- this, I, I I don't know, if I, am I allowed to show that I, I, I enjoy this? Like, I mean, like, <laughs> like, I, I, there are characters I want, right? I who, mean, I want from the comics.
0: Who would you like to see? Like, give me, give me two or three, like, because I don't really know Walking Dead. Like, if you could pick another character or two to show up in this Walking Dead, who are you hoping for?
2: I mean, if Daryl isn't in this, I'm going to be very upset. Like, <laughs> then then I will, like, probably have to, like, flip over some tables but like <laughs> like Daryl needs to be in this and I, there's no way the main character Rick isn't in this right and I'd love to see uh, like Glenn like so Glenn is like this like one of the characters that I mean by now if you haven't seen the show I guess I I won't say any spoilers, even though you've had like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't no spoil it for me. What are you doing? No, no, don't spoil it. I, I was about to go watch it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to complete so I can binge watch it oh, in one yeah, session. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay? yeah.
2: Okay, okay. So I won't say any spoilers, but Glenn, Daryl... And, and like, I think those are the main characters I want to see.
0: Well, I guess we'll find out. We should be getting uh spoilers over the next couple of weeks. And, Krim, I'm actually, I'm glad you enjoy it. Like I said, like, I'm fine with the crossovers. I'm just nervous about the the uniqueness of them. That is that is my concern. Not the fact that Walking Dead exists in Magic, but I just wish it wasn't unique cards. But maybe, maybe Richard's right, and it'll work out better than I think, and it'll be fine in the end. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. I just, I got no faith in Wizards making good decisions at this <laughs> point so <laughs> no yeah, I, it's I, something I, it's to sell cards
1: simple. that isn't power creep
0: like come on you gotta cheer for it <laughs> okay okay yeah i mean hope well let's see the rest of the cards before we say it isn't power creep
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they're like well, why don't we put power creep and ip on it like imagine yeah. <laughs> all the money that we're rolling in
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh all right richard we're kind of running long but let's hit up some fish mail before we wrap it up today
1: all right if you have questions send them to at MTG goldfish with the hashtag MG Fishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. Gust H98. Can we discuss a way to make Arena economy better? The fact that 60% of resources are worth nothing on a digital platform is insane. I think dusting is still the better solution. Even the uncommon slash common wildcards that pile up, uh can we get a way to utilize them? Have you guys actually felt the, the crunch from Zendikar rising? Uh, with the additional MDFCs,
2: oh yes, yes, my, definitely. I, I have like actually one mythic wild card to my name right now.
0: Yeah, I usually, I usually have a, a little bit of a stockpile at least, but I know I've spent more money than a typical set uh, on Zendikar Rising, and I still don't have completely everything from the set yet that I could possibly need. So I'm still having to spend some wild cards. So I've definitely felt the crunch. I would like dusting, obviously, or giving away wild cards more frequently or whatever like something to make the economy a little bit more forgiving and maybe i don't know with all these bannings and all the upheaval and standard maybe that would be a way wizards could like buy a little community goodwill in a time when standard could really use a little bit (laughs) of community goodwill
1: we heard your your (laughs) we heard your complaints one common wild card to everyone who logs in this weekend (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, yep.
1: you, you gotta play like the way i play this is what i do okay every set release i grind limited to get like a good base of cards to to play standard okay so i, I like grind usually my way to mythic or something I've, i accumulate like a big pile of wild cards and i look at the standard metagame and i'm like huh seems like something's gonna get banned it's not balanced i'll just wait out i'll just wait <laughs> so i don't build a standard deck And then the next set comes out I just grind up limited again To build a standard deck then I don't build a standard deck And now I have like a million wild cards So if you do that (laughs) It works out Just don't play standard Just keep playing limited And uh, you get
2: lots of wild cards So
0: the secret to playing standard Is not playing standard If I'm (laughs) hearing Exactly (laughs) Whoa So what
2: you're saying is If I don't use my wild cards I have a lot of wild cards You just
1: conceptualize You're like on this turn My opponent would have (laughs) erode And on this turn I would have scooped And you're like okay (laughs) If I don't have wild
2: cards, I have. If I don't use them, I have them. Whoa!
1: <laughs> or or the, the the other trick is to play the same deck through every standard, like uh, Teamer Adventures, where like this deck hasn't changed in like months. You can just keep playing it over and over again, regardless of whether it's good or bad. You know everything. You you know the deck when it's good. You know the deck when it's bad. <laughs> it's fine. You become one with the deck. Uh, this is an interesting question. JC Thacker, would standard be better if you could only have one of each legendary creature or planeswalker in your deck? One Oko, yeah. one Uro, one Omnath. Like, we're literally Hearthstone <laughs> here.
2: Yeah, we're, and we're <laughs> Reno Jacksoning it up.
0: Does that make it better or not? I will say that one of my big concerns, I might have been more open to this a few years ago, but now Wizards, uh, there was actually just some data. I think it was, uh, Nox that posted on Twitter about how many more legends we get today than in the past with wizards like really focusing on commander and making lots of legends every set. I feel like that would probably not be a good thing. And it would, but maybe that's like one of my criticisms of the last year of standard is so much variance being reduced from the game. Maybe making important cards one of would be a way to get more variance back in the game and also like hit on some of the arena issues where getting one copy of each card which we see people like playing brawl specifically for this reason a little bit easier to do than getting play sets especially with mythics and so forth
1: alright last question GU1duck conventional wisdom is bans hurt confidence in standard by burning invested players are they also good PR for those cards in EDH? If EDH drives sales, there are fewer standard players, you can reimburse on Arena. Uh, does that wisdom still hold up? I, I, I will say, it is, it is not like a terrible idea where you're like, wow, Oko is so broken that he's banned in every format. I should put him in my EDH deck. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's not that's not a terrible I, I, thing. The infamous I tried, that. Memes.
2: <laughs> I tried that. It does not work. <laughs> I mean, it's funny every now and then you get somebody's soul ring to become an elk, but like ninety percent of the time, I feel like that doesn't always work with EDH. Yeah, like, you know what I, I love about EDH too is that it for, no matter what it always always seems to self-correct itself. Like it, it it's able to correct itself, right? Like I mean, it it never gets too broken, and if it does, it goes in C D
0: H. How many of the cards that we've had banned are actually good in Commander, though? I guess it works for some cards, maybe, like maybe Uro or even Oko, but like Fires of Invention, I've never seen anyone play that, like uh, Teferi Time Raveler outside of crim and mostly people <laughs> don't play that, Cauldron Familiar, so I don't know if there's like that strong of a correlation between cards that are so good that they're banned in Standard, and those cards being playable in Commander, but with some of them it might work. Feel of the Dead? Feel of the Dead, yeah. Dolos. I mean, that one was designed for Commander.
1: <laughs> Omnath? I feel like for the mythics, it probably actually works. Or I don't know if it's just they're popular in EDH because you can't play them as standard, So everyone who owns them are like, yeah, we'll just put them in our EDH decks. <laughs>
0: that could also be it too, yeah.
1: Maybe it's the old adage, like, no, there's no such thing as bad PR.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wizards just wants people to tweet about magic. They don't care if it's people yelling at them (laughs) about how how broken the game is. As long as you're tweeting about it, we're good. (laughs)
2: Tweets are probably popping off right now. (laughs) All
1: right. That's all the questions we have. uh, All the time we have our questions this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG And we'll get to your questions on air.
0: And I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 296 of the MTG Goldfish. Podcast. So, Richard Cribb, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes down in the world of magic. See what Standard does over the next week. Maybe have some more to say on that. Hope for the best. Until then, have a wonderful week. And this is the crew signing out.